Super Talk Mississippi media production. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. This is Jamie Creel with Shelter Insurance. Come see how we've built a name that you can trust and why it is a must to get your free quote today with our Switch and Save. Located in Ridgeland and Florida, Mississippi, give us a call, 601-992-6000. What's up, everybody? Welcome into the Rebel Report. My name is Michael Borky. Glad that you are with me. And things have really slowed down. Which is not the worst thing in the world, but things have slowed down uh, on the Ole Miss sports news front. It is the end of June. Ole Miss is, as you guys know, I don't need to tell you, but I'm going to tell you anyway, Ole Miss is not playing in the College World Series. So uh, the only thing baseball related you're getting is portal stuff. And they did get a pickup, by the way. Uh, Andrew Fisher from Duke, uh, a freshman who hit just under 290, what was it, 289? Uh, had 11 or 12 home runs, depending on the website you look at, because I ran into that yesterday. Uh, but a, an OPS of .99 had four hits in the Super Regional against Virginia. Quality player going to come in and play third base for Ole Miss. Again, those numbers were in the ACC as a true freshman. I got a text yesterday uh, from a friend that said, why are people excited about a guy that couldn't even hit 300 in the ACC? It's like, what the hell are you talking about? Forgive my language, but what are you talking about? He was a true freshman, hit 290 essentially with a 1,000 OPS in the objectively good ACC, a league that had Virginia and Wake Forest and, and Duke was good and Clemson was good. I mean, it's not like the ACC, some pushover baseball league. It's not the SEC, but it's good. And as a true freshman, put up really solid numbers. If that's the kind of prospect that you can't get excited about, that is a you problem. That is not an Ole Miss problem. It was a, a very good, very good pickup. Apparently, LSU was involved, and Ole Miss was able to hold off the Tigers and uh, get him in the boat. That's a, that's a good pickup. So there is news there, uh, important news, good news for baseball. But otherwise, things have kind of slowed down a little bit in the Ole Miss sports world, which is not the worst thing. If your football team is making news right now um, – you know, in years past, before the transfer portal era, it was really bad. You know, if your current football team, I know recruiting and stuff happens, but if your current football team is making news right now, it was exclusively bad, like somebody got arrested or whatever. At least now with the portal, sometimes good things can happen to your this version of your football team. Uh, not the case, though, lately. Things have kind of slowed down a little bit. Uh, they they have slowed down bringing in visitors and stuff moving forward. Uh, I think recruiting might, uh, the the momentum or whatever, might slow down just because of, of that. Nothing bad. It's just how it is. Anyway, I'm rambling a little bit. Point is, things have slowed down in the Ole Miss sports world, and so we're going to talk about something else in, uh, in the SEC land and uh, a message that it sends to everybody else in college sports. LSU's NCAA sanctions – uh, were handed down today, and they are—they're a joke when you consider what they got caught doing. And you know, good for LSU. Congratulations to them. But I think it sends a message to the rest of the college sports world. So I'll tell you what they got, which is nothing. Go ahead and tell you it's nothing, and what that means for schools like Ole Miss. That's what we'll talk about today because there's really nothing else going on. Uh, again, my name is Michael Borky. Follow me on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube at Michael Borky, B-O-R-K-E-Y. And subscribe to this podcast wherever you get them. Just pull out your favorite podcast app, search Rebel Report. Subscribe, leave a rating, and a review. 
So LSU sanctions uh, came down, and here's what they are. They are basically nothing. Reading from NOLA.com, the long-awaited ruling on LSU's infractions case regarding alleged alleged recruiting violations with the men's basketball and football programs was handed down Thursday morning. Former Tigers basketball coach Will Wade, who is now the head coach at McNeese, was given a 10-game suspension and a two-year show cause order from the NCAA's IARP, the Independent Accountability Resolution Panel. Ooh, that sounds fun. Finally bringing the four-year case to a close. Wade's top assistant at LSU, uh, associate head coach Bill Armstrong, did not receive any penalties from the IARP's ruling. That is possibly interesting, maybe. I think there might be something to keep an eye on uh, when it comes to that one. I don't know for sure, but... There might be something to keep an eye on there. Either way, continuing. Um, LSU, which had its men's basketball and football programs lumped together in the case, did not receive a postseason ban or get hit with lack of institutional control. The teams are both on probation for three years. And remember, let's be very clear about what those punishments come after. This was not a situation where there was a he said, she said moment or where the NCAA thought they knew that money changed hands but couldn't prove it or like remove Ole Miss out of this for a second. You guys know everything about what happened to Ole Miss and the fact that a case from when out from when before I was born was looped into Ole Miss's penalties to to make them even harsher. Uh, because of a pattern or whatever they used. Again, before I was born, uh, they used as an example. Uh, You guys know about all that already. But let's remove Ole Miss from the equation so we can talk about the ridiculousness of it without the possibility of the perception of bias. Southern Miss had their basketball program shot to the moon because of testimony from one guy, and that one guy changed his story three times. A basketball coach got a decade-long, a decade-long show cause. And the the program itself was, again, shot to the moon. Harsh, harsh, harsh penalties because of inconsistent testimony. None of it was provable. That, That was Southern Miss basketball. In this case, the FBI, the Federal Bureau of Investigation, had Will Wade on a wiretap admitting to paying players before it was legal but even in Will Wade's case the way he did it is still not within the NCAA's rules but this was before the era of paying players and there were people that cover LSU that tried to say that you don't know what the offer was I mean give me a break he was caught on a federal wiretap the FBI caught him and he gets a two-year show cause On the football side of things, a man went to prison, pled guilty in a legal court of law to using the hospital charity that he managed to funnel money to the families of LSU football players. Again, this is not testimony from a sketchy actor. This isn't the NCAA making assumptions. Uh, This isn't inconsistent testimony like in Southern Miss's case, and you guys can apply this to everything that Ole Miss uh, 
dealt with in their case. This was legal things, subpoenas, court documents, pleading guilty in a court of law and getting sentenced to prison. And what happened after that was this. This is what happened. This is what they got. So, again, kudos to LSU for for skirting and getting off, whatever. It's up to them. But this was the most obvious, undeniable case of NCAA rules infractions since the pony excess. Seriously, has anybody else since then gotten caught on a federal wiretap in the way Will Wade did? Has anybody else had a booster go to prison for using a hospital charity to funnel money to football players' families? Has that happened anywhere else? Jim Tressel lost his job. A national championship winning head coach lost his job, and Ohio State got punished worse than this because players sold their own merchandise in exchange for some cash and some free tattoos. They sold their own merchandise for some cash and some free tattoos. And their coach got fired. And Ohio State got penalized more than LSU, who had a coach that was caught on a federal wiretap discussing the strong-ass offer he made to a particular player. And the football program had a booster go to prison for using a hospital charity to funnel money to the families of LSU football players, and they got punished less. So, again, credit to LSU, but this says a lot about the future of college sports. And I'll tell you what that is right after. I remind you that the podcast is brought to you by Advantage Business Systems. Check them out online. ABSMS.com is the website. Advantage Business Systems has got you covered. If you are located anywhere inside of this state and you are looking for office technology, if your business is anywhere here, And you are in the market for office technology. Again, check them out, absms.com. They've got everything you need. And you tell them I sent you. You'll get a complimentary office technology assessment. So you tell them what you need and what your budget is. And they will find a solution for you on me. The podcast is also brought to you by Priority One Bank. Let them make you their priority. Got 16 locations scattered across the state of Mississippi. So in your backyard, right there, conveniently located for you. Of course, they have online banking like everybody does, but unlike my previous bank, it's a one-stop shop. So all you need is an internet connection, and you can do everything you need to manage your money without having to have multiple apps to do it. And the, the, the thing that really sold me on Priority One Bank as a customer was the local loan servicing and decision-making. I, I, had, I had to get a loan myself. I was exploring it with my previous bank. I had to get on the phone and talk to somebody uh, that was in a different state, and then I had to sit on Zoom with somebody who, again, was in a different state. With Priority One Bank, you sit down face-to-face. It's local. It's in your backyard. Priority One Bank makes you their priority. So what this means moving forward, and besides the obvious, which is cheat like hell. I mean, that's the obvious thing, right? Uh, The Grove Collective is very careful, as I understand it. Um, It is managed. It was founded and started by smart people who got this right. They absolutely nailed it when it came to not being a nonprofit, as we learned recently. I don't know if you guys knew this, but the IRS has decided that the collectives being nonprofit is not legal. 
And you do have some colleges uh, with collectives that are nonprofits and they are breaking the law, essentially. Uh, the Grove Collective did not do it that way because they they saw this coming. They had the foresight to not do it that way. And they are within legal grounds and the IRS uh, won't come after them. They can't uh, because of the smart people that started this thing. Um, and, and it's still... Uh, the, we talk all the time about the creative and innovative ways they're raising money and stuff like that, doing a really good job. But the other side of this, the the stuff that's not as sexy, right? The the amount of money and, and who's getting the deals and all that, that's what everybody cares about. But the, the stuff behind the scenes is pretty ironclad, and they've done a really good job uh, so far with all of that getting set up for success in the future. Um, they don't have to be like that anymore, though. I, I, that's the message that this sends. That's the obvious message that this sends. I think there's a deeper meaning, but the obvious is cheat like hell does not matter. You can do whatever the hell you want. You can pay players. You can discuss paying players uh, before they come to your school. Uh, I mean, everybody's tampering like mad already, but clearly nothing's going to be done about tampering. Nothing's going to be done about paying players. You can violate NCAA, NCAA rules all day long and nothing will happen to you. That's the message that this sends. When they, when, this organization had the clearest case of violations, the most undeniable case of violations since the pony excess, where it was legal things. It was proven beyond a reasonable doubt in a court of law that led to somebody getting sentenced to prison and nothing happened. Cheat like hell and deny, 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 and don't give up anything and just cheat like Matt. I mean, everybody's already doing it anyway, but now you don't have to worry about anything happening to you because the NCAA with this ruling, has told everyone we can't and won't do anything. We're not going to do anything. We can't. They could. They could have in this case, and everybody would have been on board considering the details, but they chose not to, and because of that, cheat like hell, tamper, pay players, doesn't matter. You can do whatever the hell you want. The, 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 the constant phrase that people, that very uncreative people use, is that we are now in the wild, wild west. That's what people keep saying. The NCAA has told you, uh, get your six shooter out. <laughs> Ride your horse back into the next town because it doesn't matter anymore. But there's something deeper at, at work here that I've been thinking has been going on for quite some time. And if you're like me, and you may not be like me, I like that college players can get paid using their name, image, and likeness. I am a free market guy by nature. I think legal adults should be allowed to get paid for whatever they can do. As long as it's legal, if they're not breaking any laws, they should be allowed to get paid. Quinshawn Judkins led the SEC in rushing as a true freshman. He should be allowed to receive money because of that, beyond his scholarship. That's how I feel. That's how I've always felt. Uh because regular students can get jobs and get paid for things. The, the athletes should be able to as well. The restriction of that, I thought, was frankly un-American, especially when you consider the TV deals and, and how big they are and the coaches' salaries and how big they are. And, and, and there's just so much money. I felt it immoral that the players couldn't capitalize on that. However, I do think that restrictions in some capacity are needed, whether it's uh, something in the form of like a salary cap or a spending cap. I have often argued that um, there needs to be a cap on uh, assistants and staff members and 
analysts and things like that. Uh, there needs there, there needs to be caps on things like that. Uh, I've always thought that. But there needs to be some kind of guardrails and restrictions because when people compare college sports, and I've said this to you guys before, to the NFL, they're wrong. College sports needs to be more like the NFL. The NFL has spending limits. They have structure. They have rules. They have contracts that are all strictly enforced and punished in a timely manner. College sports needs to be like the NFL or professional sports in some capacity. Now, I know some people are uncomfortable with the players getting paid, but that's a reality that you're just going to have to accept because that's not going, that's not changing. That's not coming back. So there needs to be some kind of structure and rule rule system in place because it is insane. And NFL players negotiate and get 48, I think it's 48 and a half percent. That's what the, the revenue sharing is about 48 and a half percent. They have restrictions. They have a collective bargaining bargaining agreement, the, those kind of things. So the more valuable players, because NFL players are far more valuable than college football players, have more restrictions. That's not right. But if you think, if anybody thinks that the NCAA is going to be the ones to fix this and add rules and enforce them, uh, you're seeing today they're not going to. They are woefully incompetent completely and totally unable to enforce their own rules or unwilling to enforce their own rules. They can't even set their own rules anymore. And it it is a joke of an organization that does one thing right, and that one thing is running the men's basketball tournament. That is all they do right. They do it very well, to their credit, but that's, that's all they do. That's all they do well, anyway. And I hope one day that's all they do. Congress, as we learned this week, is not going to act because why the hell did anybody expect Congress to act? If you want to put on a tinfoil hat, I can I have a conspiracy theory on that. I think the powers that be like Greg Sankey have always known that Congress is not going to act. They've always known that because Greg Sankey is not a stupid man. You I know some Ole Miss fans have differing opinions on Greg Sankey and his leadership and, and what he's done with the SEC. I can tell you he's not a stupid person. And it takes a stupid person to think that Congress would have saved college sports. Even if you got them to write a bill, they weren't going to fix anything. They were going to make it worse because that's all they do. The Congress, the United States Congress is the largest collection of incompetent people in this country. They, they were never going to do anything. And I think Greg Sankey knew that. And understood that. They lobbied, though, and they lobbied, and they lobbied, and they lobbied. And the reason why they did all that, I think, is so they can take matters into their own hands after they say, we've exhausted all of our resources, Uh, we've tried with the NCAA, we've tried with Congress, we're just going to do this on our own. That's my little conspiracy theory. But they're clearly not going to do anything. The NCAA is not going to do anything, Congress isn't going to do anything, and they never were. So it's time, as I've said to you guys before, for people like Greg Sankey to, to take the lead on this and to, to get control. Because LSU doing what they did and going unpunished is, is an absurdity. It's an absurdity. And it took years for them to solve. And then they didn't get punished at all. It's time for college sports to get taken back. 
And it's time for somebody like Greg Sankey to realize that the power he has, realize the power that he has, and take it back. I saw Shannon Terry of On3, I guess it was yesterday, share that according to his sources, Congress isn't going to do anything and he expects um, the NCAA to to lose their jurisdiction over football. As I've talked with you guys about before, they already don't determine the football champion anyway. That's the college football playoff, a separate entity. I already think the infrastructure is in place for a breakaway. After Congress failing and the NCAA failing, the the gross incompetence around the structure of college sports, it's time for them to take control. Will they? I don't know. But somebody needs to do something. Because blatant rule breaking like you've seen like this um, can't be something we accept. Maybe it has to be. But they didn't just pay players. In the paying players era, they still did things that are immoral, and yet nothing happened to them. That can't be what we accept moving forward, can it? Shouldn't be. Anyway, help us, Craig Sankey. You're our only hope. I just hope he realizes the kind of power and influence that he he has and um, starts that fire. We'll see. Anyway, thank you guys for tuning in. Talk to you again on the next one. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.